Enriching History, a podcast where history is more than what you remember. Tonight we are engaging in shenanigans alone. Um, I'm your host, Lauren. Uh, grad school is in full swing for my cohorts. Uh, we hope to be back as a group next time, but for now, we are letting me take the reins and just see what happens. So without further ado, today we are going to be talking about the colony of Wessagusset, which is in today Weymouth, Massachusetts. All right, let's get into it. In November of 1620, the Mayflower landed at Cape Cod after a 66-day journey at sea. The Pilgrims would later become known as the first British settlement in the New World, uh, and many still tout the group as the founders of the United States. I can go on and on about how this is not a fact, uh, but that's another story for another day. Um... In 1630, Boston is founded in Massachusetts Bay Colony, becoming the second major colony here in what is now Massachusetts. Uh, Boston's almost immediately bigger. Uh, Boston on day one has a thousand people. In 1630, Plymouth was still around 300 people. There were other colonies and towns that were springing up between Plymouth and Boston. Many of them will become towns within what's now Plymouth County and the north and south shore of Massachusetts. Uh, But there were attempts at making colonies separate from Plymouth uh, prior to the Puritan settlement in what's now Boston and Salem. And one of them was Wessagusset, founded in 1622. Wessagusset is typically credited to be the brainchild of a merchant named Thomas Weston, who at the time was an investor of the Plymouth Colony Venture. So at this point, uh, the Plymouth residents had investors or adventurers uh, kind of paying their way. So the Plymouth company would be paying for supply ships and pay for recruitment and all that kind of stuff. And Plymouth would be paying back in mostly beaver furs. Almost immediately, Plymouth is not making money back. And those who are really into this for profit, like Thomas Weston, are not happy. They are not necessarily part of the separatist or Puritan beliefs that the Pilgrims are. And Weston is even found saying if the Pilgrims would talk less and work more, then they would not be in the positions that they would be uh, financially. Anyway, uh, two years after getting little return to settlement, Weston obtains a land patent and recruits 60 men to build a colony for himself. And that settlement was created by the summer of 1622. So this is pretty quick turnover from uh, Plymouth. Almost immediately, things do not go well for Wessagusset. The men were not good farmers or hunters and were not equipped to plant corn, uh, which is the main grain that is grown here in New England during that time. If you remember from some of our previous episodes on Plymouth Colony, uh, the pilgrims were not great 
at Corn either. They really had to rely on the Wampanoag people, the indigenous people of the area, to be able to grow and use corn. The Wessagusset farmers do not go the same route as the pilgrims when it came to trying to get that corn planted and learning from the indigenous people. Instead, uh, the Wessagusset men turned to Plymouth to help them trade with their indigenous neighbors for corn. Plymouth obliges. Um, Captain Miles Standish and Governor Willie Bradford both help on expeditions throughout what's now Cape Cod to obtain corn for Wessagusset, but it pretty quickly is not enough, uh, and it does not look good for Wessagusset. Uh, they quickly begin to starve. Uh, many, um, this is a quote from one of the sources, uh, many of the Wessagusset people sold away their clothes and bed coverings, others became servants to the Indians, and would cut them wood, fetch them water for a capful of corn, others fell to plain stealing. So that's what they're doing for their grain. And the other options here for the Wessagusset settlers is shellfish, mostly mussels and clams. There's actually one account of a seller that died after getting stuck in the mud searching for mussels because he was too weak to pull himself out of the mud. So you can really just see this is not going well for anyone. The indigenous people are getting pissed off because their things are being stolen. Uh, the Plymouth colonists are kind of being caught in the middle and the Wessagusset people are starving to death. At one point, Wessagusset people actually ask uh, Governor Bradford if they think it would be okay to take corn from their indigenous neighbors by force. Uh, trading isn't working. Um, some indigenous people are, you know, stealing. So what if we stole things back? Uh, William Bradford immediately says, no, that's a terrible idea. You have to trade with them. These are human beings. Your life will just get a whole lot harder if you resort to straight up theft. Wessagusset does this anyway. Uh, we do see one Englishman hung for stealing corn uh, as kind of a goodwill, like, oh, we're sorry, he shouldn't have done that. But the stealing continues, and the indigenous people around Wessagusset really just become fed up with this new colony, and by extension, Plymouth. Uh, they kind of don't understand why this is happening, and of course, I'm I would be pissed off, too, if these people, you know, settle and immediately begin to steal your stuff or live amongst you so that they don't starve to death. It's really not a great outlook here. This is not helping Plymouth's own problems with their indigenous neighbors. Uh, at this point, Plymouth is having problems maintaining positive relationships with their Wampanoag neighbors. So from the beginning, uh, Plymouth is kind of forging an alliance with the Wampanoag people under their leader, Massasoit or Usamequin. 
At this point, Massasoit has become annoyed and disrespected by the Plymouth people because at this point, Plymouth and Massasoit have a treaty. Basically, I will help you, you will help me. Plymouth was getting into the habit of picking and choosing what part of the treaty sued the English and ignoring the parts where they would have to uh, turn things over to Massasoit to have the indigenous people handle problems on their own. Uh, most importantly, um, a lot of people know the name Tisquantum or Squanto, so he was a Wampanoag person from Patuxet, which is now Plymouth. And Squanto kind of does some shady stuff. He seems to kind of work the indigenous and English side to get what he wants. He is a problematic person because everyone's kind of a problematic person. Um, Massasoit finds out of Squanto's quote-unquote treachery and asks for the English to basically execute him or send Squanto to Massasoit to be executed himself. Governor Bradford refuses, and it's really uncomfortable tension between the two groups at this point, uh, even after Squanto dies at this point in the story with Wessagusa happening. So, cut to what's happening now. Uh, relations are really strained, and there are rumors that Massasoit is sick and either dying or, some accounts say, already dead. So the Pilgrims send Edward Winslow, who seemed to be, have a pretty okay relationship with Massasoit, uh, basically to say goodbye and show, you know, we're still friends, we still like you, we're sorry to see you go. In the end, Winslow is able to heal Massasoit, and in return, Massasoit has news to share with Winslow and the larger Plymouth colony. And it is that several tribes are planning to attack both Wessagusa and Plymouth. Of course, Wessagusa is being a pain in the ass, uh, so people are fed up. But many believed that Plymouth would not, quote, never leave the death of their countrymen unrevenged. So in order to wipe out Wessagusa, Plymouth had to fall with them. Uh, groups for this kind of plot against the English um, include from people from Massachusetts, the Nauset, the Palmet, uh, and other places along Cape Cod and up into what's now the South Shore of Massachusetts. The Wampanoag people were asked to join them, so uh, like Massasoit was asked, but he declined. Um... So with this news, Winslow returns to Plymouth, and Captain Miles Standish is planning to go to Wessagusset to handle the problem. Um, as he's setting out, a Wessagusset settler named Phineas Pratt appears in Plymouth, and he basically says, this is what's happening right now, you need to help us. At this point, Standish says, yes, we know, uh, we heard about it, we are on our way. Um, Phineas Pratt will later give us an account of his experiences in Wessagusset. You can actually find it online. It's really interesting. Um, but anyway, so 
Standish and eight others make their way north, uh, disguised as a trading expedition. We mostly know about this because of a publication by Edward Winslow in 1624 called Good News from New England. So if you want to know more about this in depth and from their, the Pilgrim's own words, I suggest reading that. Anyway, so Sandish and the eight others make their way up with a ploy to trade for beaver furs. Um, Standish has come across one of these indigenous peoples before called Wittuwabit when the West Augusta and Plymouth colonies were going on their corn trading expedition earlier. Um, Sandish has been threatened by the people that are here before, so including Wittuwabit and a man named Exuat. Basically saying they have power of English, Sandish may be a captain, but he's a little man. Like of little valor. Um, with a womit is branching a knife, saying, you know, it's hungry for an Englishman's blood. And towards to the building that they are in shut, and Stanish turns on Paxawat, uh, killing him with Paxawat's own knife. Uh, all other indigenous men, with a womit included, were either killed or hung. Um, pretty quick. This is something very quick that happens. Uh, the number is about 10 men are being killed during all of this. There were some indigenous women that were at Wessagasset, and they are taken into uh, custody of Thomas Wesson's men. Before the day is out, three more indigenous men are tracked and killed as well. And as soon as this all begins, the massacre at West Augusta is over. Uh, Standish returns to Plymouth. He offers to leave soldiers in West Augusta to help clean up the mess, but the offer is declined. Uh, the men of West Augusta quickly, you know, the colonies dissolved. Uh, some head back to England, some go into Plymouth Colony and down into Virginia. And the head of Wittawamit is set up at the fort in Plymouth, which is a, it's a common occurrence for the enemies of English people. We will see this later in, during King Philip's War, uh, the head of an indigenous person at the fort to kind of ward off those that may try to do something similar. Thomas Weston uh, would face no repercussions for his hand in this colony. There's really no major actions taken against the English people. The most that we hear is from the spiritual leader of the pilgrims, who is still back in Holland, uh, John Robinson, wished that the indigenous people could have been converted to Christianity before they were killed so that their souls would be saved. I know, pretty ridiculous, but that's really the most that they cared, honestly. Um, this, of course, does not help relations between Indigenous and English people. Trading relations will remain very awkward, very stagnant. Uh, the Wampanoag-Plymouth relations improved somewhat because of Edward Winslow taking care of Massasoit when he is sick. However, the West Augusta situation really doesn't help things in the long run. Uh, 
And it also opens the door for other towns and colonies to try their way to separate from Plymouth Colony uh, before the founding of Boston in 1630. Uh, Thomas Weston would fade into oblivion across British America. Uh, he is seen coming back into Plymouth disguised as a blacksmith after this. He is seen in Virginia and uh, Maryland, but often he is just seeing owing people money and not paying people back, and that's really how he fades into history. So he kind of kicks up this shit storm and then just kind of goes away, which seems not uncommon for the people of, you know, the English colonies here in the New World. Uh, West Gusset would be renamed uh, Weymouth in 1623. So a uh, man, Robert Gorgeous, is given a patent for the settlement area where the original West Gusset used to be. Um, and they moved the settlement away from West Gusset, but uh, Weymouth continues and is still a town to this day. They're actually celebrating 400 years, which is ironic to pick the date of Wessagusset over Weymouth itself, but that's kind of interesting. I always find Wessagusset an interesting little pocket of uh, Plymouth Colony and Massachusetts Bay Colony history because a lot of people don't know about it. A lot of people seem to think that King Philip's War in the 1670s, if people even know about King Philip's War, as this out-of-the-blue last stand of the indigenous people against the English people that they had had happy, calm relationships for 50 years, which is absolutely not the case. And I feel like learning things like Wessagusset is something that really broadens the mind when thinking of the relationships between the English and the indigenous people. So I know this is a different and shorter episode than usual. I hope you guys liked it. I know that it's a little bit awkward just to hear one person's voice. I know it's awkward for me, but uh, I do enjoy talking to you folks and we do hope to be back and back to normal for October. Um, so hopefully you stuck around this far. If you have, you are wonderful and I hope you learned something new. And I promise you there will be at least one extra voice the next time that this podcast updates. I hope so at least. Hopefully school gets a little bit easier for my cohorts going into October and we'll be able to bring you the shenanigans that you know and love. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate it personally. Um, we appreciate all the listeners and all the support that we have received. Uh, recently, we realized that we have hit 2,000 downloads. That's absolutely incredible, and it's all because of you. So please rate, download, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's a small and simple thing that you can do to help us out in a big way. If you would like to interact with us, there are several ways to do it. So. Myself, Lauren, I'm usually at the head of social media. I'm hoping to be more active and talk to you guys a little bit more going into the winter. Uh, you can reach us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Operation Hist. That's Operation H-I-S-T. 
You can shoot us an email at operationhistorypodcast at gmail.com if you want to give us feedback, uh, give us your impressions, or request an episode. You can also view us at our website, um, operationhistorypodcast.wordpress.com. All of the sources and show notes from this episode will be uploaded to the website as this episode is launched. Uh, Thanks again for joining us, and this is Operation History signing off.